Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I am your co-host, Damian Parson, with my co-host, Keith Sanchez. Keith, what's up, baby? Damn, what's up, big dog? We don't uh we don't have the fireworks like you know it kicked off last week with Nick Saban uh, <laughs> stirring the pot. Um, but you know, we we we're gonna get back to the positional rankings this week. And uh mm-hmm. I think we have a fun position, right? There's a position that's usually overlooked. Um, but the, the real impact leaders and and man, when you have guys that can really make plays at this position, um, is it, it changes your defense. And that's uh right. that's the linebacker. So let's let's get into it. For sure. And, and, and you know, like you talked about, the fact of the matter is with these linebackers, man, they're undervalued. You don't know how good you have it until you don't have one, Keith. Like that's yeah. that's just kind of where it is with that situation and with that position. So I think it's a, I think it's a great a great position to kind of break down and talk about some of these guys to key in and key in and look for uh heading into the 2023 or 2022 season in the 2023 draft. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our partners over at Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of your latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to, to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Keith, we saw and, and, and we saw some – this was a pretty solid linebacker class. We just, you know, ushered into the NFL with Devin Lloyd and Christian Harris and Quay Walker. We had, what, two in the first round, I believe. Two in the first and, round. And, you know, some – some how many? Uh, yeah, I said two in the first round, two in – back into the first okay, round. Okay, we had two – yep, two in the first. And then we had some more. We had Chad Muma and a lot of different guys, a lot of different body types, archetypes, and just athletic profiles, right? And they had the same thing with this particular class that we're going to look at today. Let's start with a guy that we expected to enter the class, and that was Henry Toto. He was a Tennessee transfer to Alabama, and he literally was one of their best defenders last year. That just wasn't talked about enough, but we expected him to enter the into the NFL draft this year. He returns to be the leader of that front seven, along with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. So, Keith, what what do you think of Henry Toto? Man, um, watching him on film and having watched this entire class, right? Like, if we were to insert him into this class, I 
I would say he was the best linebacker. He's the best inside linebacker um, if he would have come out this year. Uh, reasons why I believe that he returned, man, it had to do with winning a championship, right? Like just that championship pedigree had to be, you know, somewhat of why he chose Alabama in the first place, um, leaving Tennessee and then coming to Alabama. Um, obviously, you come there to win a championship. And I think that was had to have been high on his list because, man, when you watch this guy on tape, on tape, you see pure instincts, right? Like he's he's the first guy to react, um, whether it's misdirection, counters, um, quick screens, regular screens, bubble screens, um, you know, and then he can he can affect the passing game too, right? Like when he can really drop in the coverage, um, he's a quick twitch, explosive guy. He has fluid hips, um, and really just make plays on a football. So I, I really enjoyed this film. And like I said, it, it was a pleasant surprise just to see him come back this year. But I, I think it has to be um, because he's seeking a championship. I don't, I, have, I don't think that was anything to do with his draft stock because, like I said, having watched him and the entirety of the linebacker class, he would have been number one for me. So I, I think it has everything to do with winning a championship. And that's just a testament to who he is as a winner. And, uh, you know, I really just wanting to leave his college football imprint on uh you know just on college football period no absolutely leave him on top and, and and he's a high level competitor right like we saw that kind of as soon as he stepped on the field last season with with alabama the sideline to sideline range the quick trigger downhill in the game. run game yes he was everywhere in that miami game like he he plays like his hair is on fire and you love to see that that's what you love to see from him and the, the wild thing about it Keith, he's listed at like 6'2", 228, so less than 230, right? right? But he's a physical and violent tackler in just in space in the run game. doesn't matter. He will meet linebackers in the alley. He's an aggressive alley defender, explosive burst to close on the football. And with his athleticism and instincts, Keith, I want to see them – I think his potential as a pass uh, – in pass coverage is – untapped i want to see them drop him back in, in coverage more even kind of implement him in some man-to-man situation because i think not only is he athletic enough but like you said he's a high instinct high football iq kid he can he can read routes he can read leverages drops back well like you said, the fluidity in his hips i love everything about him now the question i do have for you do you believe if he show, because we know it was one thing to go to the seed, go through the season. Everybody loves you, right? Now we get to the we get to January and February, and then we get to the combine. He walks in and he weighs six two two thirty, right? As an inside linebacker, do you think that's going to people are going to have some hesitance with him because of his 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 stature, his weight rather? Oh man, great question. Because I'm I'm torn, right? Because if if I point and say that he's the most instinctual linebacker, um, you know, possibly in this class and was in the last class, then you can immediately point to N'Kobe Dean and say that mm-hmm. size still affected him and his draft stock and he fell all the way to the third round. So, man, if 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 you couldn't point to N'Kobe Dean as a reference point, I definitely would say it shouldn't matter at all. Um, but I'm thinking that he's a little bit bigger than N'Kobe Dean. And so Guys that I, I I will point to in the past that got away with being six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. When you think about a Kenneth Murray with the Chargers, right, went in the first round, and Patrick Queens, another guy that's right at six mm-hmm. foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. So I, I think for Henry Toto, it's at that size he has to show that he's a good athlete too. 
Um, and I think that's something as far as running a 40 time, I think he needs to run a fast 40 time. And that's something that I believe N'Kobe Dean didn't do. Right. Like, I don't think he ran a 40 time right. and it was injury. Concerns. No, he didn't test at all. Yeah, he didn't test at all. So it was injury concerns that went into that, too. So, man, I, I, I the film wants to tell me that this is a first round guy. And I would say this too, watching and I, I hate to just keep throwing a comparison to him and the Kobe Dean, but I feel like this guy has more of a presence in the box than the Kobe, right? Like being able to kind of get off a of, um offensive lineman and, you know, his striking ability in the box, he has more of a presence. Like he, he's not a guy that looks small and plays small. Like if I told you this guy was 240 pounds, you would believe it too, right? Just the, you know, the right, way he yeah. tackles and, and, you know, just the, I, I guess the physicality overall within his play. So, and the durability. Yeah, and the durability, man. He just he just keeps playing in, in the love for the game. So if I had to bet my money money on it, I would say that this is a guy that we see from – from beginning of the season or beginning of the draft process to the end of the draft process, he, he he's a first round guy. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I said, you look at just even from the numbers aspect of how he leveled up his game, 111 total tackles last season with Alabama, four sacks, one forced fumble. He was, like you said, he was everywhere for that defense. And we watched his teammate, Christian Harris go on day two, um, you know, about a month ago, uh, in the draft, and we, I think we both can confidently say we believe he's a better prospect and, and just a more well-rounded and developed prospect linebacker, than yeah. Christian Harris, right? As as a linebacker prospect, so I'm with you, man. I, I have high regards for this young man, and he's someone I would absolutely want on my team. Because at the end of the day, I want someone that's going to play with that type of ferociousness, that type of just energy. Like he's a high energy guy. It's not, and yeah. he's a leader too. So he celebrates with. He doesn't just celebrate his own victories, but when he sees Christian Harris make a big hit, he's celebrating. When he sees, you know, Dallas turn to get that pressure, that strip sack, he's celebrating. And that's the type of guy you want in your locker room as well, just to come in from Tennessee, ingratiate himself, and put his stamp on that Alabama defense from day one. Like you said, my, the Miami game, game one, he was everywhere. So definitely. I have him as my top linebacker in next year's class right now. Yep, I agree. So now let, let's go to the West Coast a little bit. Let's West go to Noah Sewell, right? I, I'll be on let's the West Coast Oregon. this week, man, matter of fact. Okay. I was supposed to be there with you, but I got a wedding I got to attend. I tried to get out of it, but it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I tried my hardest, but it was like, nope, that's a no-go. Um, but it's all good. It's all good. We'll be reunited soon enough. But um, Noah Sue over at Oregon, man, and, you know, that's the younger brother, Penny Sue, and then his they had another brother that went to the league last uh, – well, uh, this past draft, um, I think it's – I can't remember his last his first name, but he, he plays linebacker as well. He played at Utah. Um, so, like, football is in the bloodline, clearly. Yeah. And Noah Sewell is – we talked about same similar to Henry Toto. Noah Sewell is another just energetic presence on the football field, like leadership, all of those things. When you've studied the tape on him just early on right now, what were some of the takeaways you had with Noah Sewell's game? Man, f- physical, right? Down Downhill thumper. Um, he 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 can play in the '80s, the '90s, and right now, right? Just because he <laughs> he has that type of temperament to his game, and and you love it, like it it it's it means something when you cut on a film, and you don't have to ask who the leader of the defense is, right? 
Like there, there's no right, questions right. about that once you watch the watch maybe 10 or 15 of Oregon's plays. And that was with the defense that had Kayvon Thibodeau on that defense, right? Um, he he was the guy. He was the motor of that defense. And, man, it, it just really jumped off the film to you. Um, and him being – because I think he's listed at, what, 250 pounds or something like that. Um, so he's a he's a heavier guy, right? Um, so a true inside yeah. linebacker guy. And I I would – I wouldn't categorize him as just a B gap to B gap defender, right? He has a little bit more range than that. Like he, I wouldn't necessarily call him one of the better athletic linebackers that we've seen or we will see in this class, but as a true inside linebacker and what he gives you as far as a, a presence, um, he's a pretty good mover, right? He moves well carrying at 250 pounds. Um, so Man, you think about those three, four defenses, um, you know, that, that need that true Mike backer or that, you know, that that guy that, that, that stays and, you know, calls the uh, calls the defense. I think he can really fit into that role um, and, and, and be a high level football player. And like you said, man, you, he, he just jumps off the f- film to you, his his motor um, and just how he approaches the game. So I, I loved everything I seen with uh, Noah Sewell. No, nah, absolutely. He, downhill is where he, you see him at his best. His presence is yeah. thoroughly felt when he's triggering downhill, whether it's in the run okay. game. Keith, he's a he's a high impact blitzer too. Yeah, he is. So it's like he he he's a he's somebody, and not even just that, but Oregon even used him off the edge where they lined him up on tackles. And he was able to win with a double hand swipe and get around the edge and flatten to the quarterback. And I'm just like, man, like he does a lot of different things for for that defense, for that front, right? He's a leader. He's, he has high football IQ when it turns out to diagnosing run plays, being able to follow the football, slow to you know. That's the saying, right? Being able to, to, to stay patient, find the football, flow to it, and then make his presence felt with a violent tackle. Like I said, he's a downhill thumper. And, I, and he he has athleticism. He has some juice. I still think he, he's still he's functional, right? I would call him that. He's functional, but he's still a little yeah. bit limited um, in, in in coverage. He's more of a zone dropper rather than a man to man guy. So I wouldn't, you know, you definitely don't want to see him. You definitely don't want to implement him or, or deploy him against running backs and tight ends and things of that nature. But dropping into a zone, you see the the awareness of spatial awareness from him. His uh his his landmark and where he has to go and then whatever um threats come into his area into his zone he's got he's got a couple I think he had a pick or two uh yeah he had a pick uh, and he had five passes defended four sacks two forced fumbles and 114 total tackles last year he is the man of that defense over in Oregon so watching him and the and the way that he plays is physical and is violent it typically a lot of times you see guys and you have kind of concerns like can he hold up playing like this? Like yep. as physical and as violent as he plays and as he tackles, I'm going to throw a name out there to you. And it, and I know some people are like, man, is this Samoan connection? I, every time I watch him, I think about Ray Maluga that played uh, at USC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a, a little bit of a throwback, a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, that definitely was. That caught me off guard, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm in the South, but I, I definitely appreciated those talented SC teams, you know, from that 2010 mm-hmm. range all the way back to Reggie Bush and the history. Um, but now I agree with you. I, I think that's a good overall comp. And, you know, for the last guy, you put me on the spot, right? And we talked, we, we had a comparable of Nicole Dean. Um, so I'm going to put you on the mm-hmm. spot for this one. Um, would you take him or Devin Lloyd? Oof. 
That is, oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. I'm gonna say it. It really just depends on what you what you want to do defensively, but and what what division you in. But I would say for me, I would take Lloyd mainly because I know that for me, I think Lloyd's more. He's, he's a better athlete. He's more functional in coverage, and then he's a better edge rusher than what Noah Sue is, even though Noah Sue has some some pass rush ability to to his game. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Lloyd. Better athlete, better in coverage. I think he's more I think he projects more comfortably as a three down linebacker right now than Noah Sue. But I do think Noah can play three downs. It's just gotta we gotta see exactly how 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 good he can be in coverage. Yeah, no, nah, I asked because when, when you were speaking about him, you, you talked about a lot of things that Lloyd did, right, as far as being able to rush off mm-hmm. the edge also. Um, and, and, one, and one, I guess, category I would give Sewell the, the, the heads up on is playing in the box, right? I, I thought Lloyd was a, a mm-hmm. good box defender, but, it, like, for his size, I don't think he was necessarily dominant. As a as a linebacker, right? right. It, it wasn't the the type of presence that you would want from a, a inside linebacker. Like it was good, but it wasn't great. And I think Sewell has potential and has shown flashes of pure greatness and dominance as far as being a linebacker um, and and seeking contact and just being that physical presence. So I thought that had been a good comparable, just you know, to give our our listeners, you know, just somebody from this past draft that they're extremely familiar with and then introducing um, another linebacker that could kind of have some of the same, I guess you would say, athletic traits and, you know, position. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I like I, I like that. I like that comp and that question because they're from the same conference, same yeah. size, same size of, of the U.S. where they played and they, they faced each other as well. And like I said, I mean, they're, they're, they're very similar in certain aspects. But as you talked about with Noah Sewell, Sewell is just – being as that box defender, you have to be someone that strikes fear at times in in opponents, and the way he hits, the way he attacks blockers, he's got that powerful kind of shocking, powerful punch to shock and shed with blockers and and disengage and deconstruct blocks to still get to the to the football and the run game, and those are the things that I think we're kind of missing a little bit from Devin Lloyd's game. To me, Devin Lloyd is a little more finesse than Sewell. While Sewell is more of the violent, physical, which I mean works perfectly with his teammate Justin Flo. Like both of them are just really like uber violent linebackers. Justin Flo is on a whole different level uh, in terms of violence and, and physicality and how he wants to play. But I, I like that question a lot. Now we got to come back over to the East Coast, right? And you know we're gonna hit the ACC real quick. Okay. And let's let's go down to Clemson. And they have a linebacker, edge, hybrid, whatever you want to look at them as, in Trenton Smith. And so, he he I was actually really I like when I Trenton when I turned the tape on of him. Huh? No, I was saying I like Trenton Simpson. Yeah. I, I do too. And I, I like what he brings to the table, right? And but it's just I think well the next two him and the next guy, we're gonna kinda have that kind of discussion over where you play him but what do you when you talk when you turn on the tape like I was impressed by him I really like what I saw from him what were some of the takeaways you had for him man it was it was tough and you, you started to hit on it already and that was where does he play like what position does he play mm-hmm. and you know we've seen in the past these linebackers that um you know that 
they're not necessarily they're a jack of all trades, but they're not a master of none, right? So, or they're not a master of one. And and sometimes that's hard because you have to consistently put that guy in a position to win, right? And and defensively, you know, you have to move that guy around. And then sometimes that sacrifices other players on your defense because they may not be in positions that give them opportune situations. So, um, man, I because he 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 has a really good edge presence, and and I'm and I know this is the the linebacker, middle linebacker, inside linebacker conversation, but watching him, I, I think he does give you reps at that stack backer position, but he's a guy that I walk down to the line of scrimmage and, and allow him to play that outside linebacker position and give me some some pass rush reps, right? Or maybe, you know, he can be that Sam backer in a 4-3 scheme and kind of like what, what Anthony Barr was for the Vikings. Maybe he can give you that type of presence. So when I when I looked at Trenton Simpson, I immediately start to think, okay, man, this guy does a lot, but where do I want him to play down in and down out? Just because I feel like he's a he's a very versatile piece. And like I said, we we've seen this in the past, but it's just a matter of you know trying to figure out where to use him. But man, he is a high level football player. Now I, I love the Anthony Barr mentioned right because he's very that, that is a uh, kind of almost spot on because i mean you, even you look at the size he's 6'3 he's 230 mm-hmm. he's explosive as an athlete especially going downhill as an edge rusher he had 110 uh it threw out 25 games he had 110 tackles like he he gets to the football he had 65 last year six sacks um you know some passes defended and but at the same time like you said you can use him in that stack off ball linebacker position not just walk him up on the edge because at that time, you can walk him in that A gap, that A and yeah. B gap, and you can simulate some A gap pressure with him. You can run, they run some some stunts and games with him. And he's that athletic and that fluid where you can move him all around the defensive front. So he can he can play off ball on on, the, on early downs if you want. And then you can walk him down and use him as a pass rusher. So he that explosiveness though, that first step, the the motor too, he's relentless when in terms of getting to the quarterback. And when you think about especially with so many athletic quarterbacks in the NFL right now, man, you need a guy that's not going to yeah, it's, it's one thing to win early and win your rep as an edge rusher Keith. It's another thing to win and then that quarterback bails on you. Do you still have that motor, that relentlessness to keep chasing and keep up that that same persistent attitude to get to that quarterback and still affect him, whether it's a force him to run for one yard or force him to throw the ball out of bounds? Because you do, you we see it. We see guys win early and then quarterback's too athletic and he breaks out and that guy kind of mm, tapers off, right? He's like, I can't, you know, it's in, in their mind, I can't get to him. But you, you, with a guy like Trenton uh, Trenton Simpson, he can get to that to that quarterback because he's going to not only is he athletic enough, but he's got that motor to keep going to where that quarterback has to he has to identify him on backside pursuit. Yeah, I, so I, I have a, I have another question for you because um, you know a couple years ago mm-hmm. there was another high profile um, versatile Clemson defender in Isaiah Simmons, right? And if you're Trenton Simpson. You know, I guess leading up into the draft, the draft day, you want to be compared to Isaiah Simmons, right? Simmons, uh, because he got drafted as a top five pick. But in the NFL, we haven't necessarily seen top five production, right? So I wanted to ask you because I know you've, you to this point, you've studied both guys. Um, watching Trent Simpson, watching Isaiah Simmons, um, what is Trent Simpson? I guess redeeming traits and qualities that if you had that you 
let's say he's projected to go top five, something that you can lean on, be like, you know what? I see it because this guy can do this. Oh, man. First up, quickness. Bend off the edge against uh, against opposing tackles. Having not even being six foot three, I like his ability to get underneath the punches of of opposing tackles on the edges, and he can really with that with that explosiveness and that first step, he's able to put pressure within those first couple steps upfield to where they kind of got to open that gate and, and 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 try. They can't really square him up. They have to account for that speed, and no, that that's something you just can't teach, and that allows him to. Then he has a he. I don't know if you if you probably knows it too. He has a nice little a nice little uh one arm stab, a little solo arm stab where he kind of hits that he he drives it and is able to drive his legs and create that speed to power conversion and turn into a power rusher as well and uses his leverage also. So I think those are the things that I would say are the redeeming qualities because for you know we looked at Simmons. Simmons was a high level athlete, but he was a jack of all trades. Played at safety, played outside corner, played nickel, played stack linebacker, played some edge. It was all projection and athleticism with Simmons. With Trent, with Trenton Simpson, he has more to his bag right now coming into the NFL. Whereas to me, it's not as big of a development situation as it was with Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, no, nah, I, I I agree with you, and I, and I guess that was the point that I wanted you know to kind of get to was that you know this is a different style football player, right? Like to me, Isaiah mm-hmm. Simmons was known for more of his ability playing in the back seven, I guess you would say, as far as linebacker and then you know safety corner nickel. But I think this guy will be known more for his ability to play in the front seven, as far as playing linebacker. And then playing that defensive end outside linebacker rule. And he has a more, um, I guess, defined path to success as a football player. No, I agree. And, and like I said, it's going to be that because that, that defensive line at Clemson is like loaded. So he's, a situa- he's in a situation where you can't even key in on him because you got Miles Murphy, uh, Brzee over there. It, it's just. They have three or four guys on their front line that you have to account for. So I think I'm expecting a, a really uh, not even a, not a solid. I'm expecting a breakout season from him. Six sacks last year, Keith. I'm thinking this kid can can easily get to eight to ten to possibly twelve. When you think about if they truly just allow him to on those third downs, let him just get after the passer, apply that pressure, and really harass some of these offensive tackles, man. I, I agree, hundred percent. Now, like I said, we were staying. We were on the East Coast, so we now we went from the ACC, and we're gonna these next our last two. We're gonna stay in the SEC, My country, right? Baby. And that's home, that's right? Your country, right? <laughs> we're gonna stay home for you, Keith. So we're gonna go down to Georgia, the defending national champions, who had who I called it their defense of twenty twenty one. It was the college, collegiate version of the two thousand Ravens defense, okay. especially when you got Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Um, so. You know, looking at Nolan Smith, listed as an outside linebacker, he plays some, you know, we've seen him in some stack looks. Keith, we just talked about it with Trenton. Where do you play Nolan Smith? Man, I, I think this is where we're probably going to disagree, and not so much on where he plays, but um, more so all I could think about was the draft hype, right, and just projection, and, you know, mm-hmm. Nolan Smith is the guy. Can I be honest right now? I I like him, but I, I don't love him, meaning that 
he he didn't jump off the screen as a a first round guy for me yet. like just in his movement skills I didn't see the even the same fluidity as a Trenton Simpson right like the ability to just change speeds and you know fluid hips and at times it seemed to be a little bit of a slower reactor you know what I'm saying than than what you expect mm-hmm. from a guy that is this high profile and has talked about this much um but I, I think you have to put this guy at at outside linebacker also um, just because he's a little bit more high-waisted, he has length. Um, and while he does give you reps at stack back, I think he's just better in a 3-4 scheme at outside linebacker. He's a guy that I would be more um, – I guess I would lean more towards keeping it simple for him, right? Because it seems like when there was a lot of things coming his way, it really slowed him down. And then just his, him processing every bit of information took him a while for him to kind of – be a, a high level reactive football player. So man, I, I let me say this. Like I said, I like Nolan Smith. I just I didn't love what I seen as far as on film. But I, I do think he's a guy that can be very productive at the outside linebacker position. So when we get to the outside linebackers later on during the season, he you know he might be able to sneak into the top five. For sure, for sure. He's definitely a tweener type of guy that, you know, Pass rush is you know he's had he had three and a half sacks last year. He also had three forced fumbles and an interception and fifty five tackles and he he's he's a productive football player, right? He's a really good just football player. But in terms of impact, you know some of his impact is not going to pop up on the stats sheet, right? He he's a guy that is very physical. Um, downhill type of guy. You see him against puller, pulling guards and tackles. He he's meeting them with, you know, he punishes. That's what we call punish the puller. And you will see him same foot, same shoulder, just drive his shoulder into the chest of that pulling guard to blow up the lane for that running for that running back. And he's he contains the outside leverage to where now the running back who wants to bounce it out. Now, okay, I'm still I'm still in your visual in your visual path. And, and that's why that's what I love about it, especially in the run game against tight. Dan's being able to set the edge. Um, he and I'm gonna be honest, I think he's somebody that will we'll probably end up seeing Keith down in Mobile at the senior bowl. I would I would be very shocked if he does not attend this, if he's not invited at least to the senior bowl. He's a guy that we see we could see go through having a really successful season, being an impact player in the run game and showing some flashes in the passing game, you know, as a pass rusher. I don't see much with him dropping off into coverage like you talked about with his athleticism and being able to react and, and have that reactive agility. But then you see him get down. You, we, we see him at the Senior Bowl next year, and he's tossing tackles. I mean, uh, so well, some tackles probably because he is a very uh, physical and strong kid. So he's probably going to toss some tackles, but especially them tight ends, man. You think trying to get that one-on-one reps with him blocking. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to just watch his evolution this season. But like you said, he – I would say probably he he'll be a more better better suited. Would you would you play him as a three four outside line uh, outside linebacker kind of that stand up rusher at two thirty five or would he be more of a uh, odd front type of outside linebacker for you? Um yeah man, I think that's the that was the the tough part for me because um you know you look at the the the, the measurables and you look at his play and and I think. I like him more attacking forward, right? So probably being more of a 3-4 outside linebacker where he can always kind of attack forward. And like I said, man, just really keep things simple for him because I think that's when you'll see him have the most production. Um, and, and, you know, when we watch this defense, this Georgia defense, we consistently try to figure out and point out, man, 
who's the guy that's benefiting from having all of these superstars around him, right? And I that was that was the you know the thing we went through, and we tried it with Jordan Davis, we tried Nicole Dean, we tried Channing Tindall, we tried Quay Walker, we tried Lewis Sign. There's all of those guys, but all of those guys, you know, evaluating them were good football players, so it was hard to point at one of them. Um, Nolan Smith. I think he's a guy that I'd be very interested to see what will his production be like. Will it go up because now he's the guy relied upon to get after the quarterback or will it stay kind of stagnant in the same because maybe he was a, um, you know, he, he was a guy that he benefited from other people's success. So, man, I, I hate to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm down talking Norman Smith. I'm just, <laughs> you know, trying to, figure out because like I said what I seen on film I liked I didn't necessarily love but I, I I do believe that because of his athletic profile he's definitely a guy with a high upside it's just a matter of him putting it all together yeah I, I'm like I said when he came when we thought he was coming into this draft the the one the team that you know like I always say I always look at certain especially defenders I'm looking at guys I'm like man he just looks like a specific team and he Nolan Smith is a raven through and through to me like and I was like if he if he came through this draft he would have been probably and be honest like we're talking about his game overall I could have seen him slip into the round three and he would have been a steal for the Ravens and it's just like well they did it again (laughs) they just kept up that same mantra that they pulled off the entire 2022 uh, NFL draft anyway but uh let's let's close it out with Owen Papo, I think that's how you pronounce it, from Auburn, six foot one. Let's say six one, two twenty five, two twenty six. And Keith, I mean, that's kind of the the the, the pattern, right? Then the new age linebacker is six is like ground six one, six two, two twenty five to two thirty five range, and that's it. Like no, it's not it's not a ton of like. 245, or, 250, or 260 Brian off ball linebackers. Walking anymore. around here. No more Brian Erlach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no more uh Brian Erlachers, no more Dante Hightowers. It, you know, it's not is you're not seeing these big, just long, husky, big physical linebackers no more. Cause they're kind not that they're going it's you know, they're extinct, but they're almost because the way that the off- NFL offenses and even college offenses are built right now. Um, when you turn on the Auburn defensive tape to watch Owen Poe, what were your takeaways? Yeah, man, I, I, I had the battle back and forth with this, um, you know, look at past history because watching Owen, the, the athleticism jumps off the screen, right? You you know that this guy is a really good athlete, mm-hmm. um, sideline to sideline and pass coverage. But, man, playing in the box, playing as a true inside middle linebacker, there were some processing things, right? That, that that kind of worried you a little bit, and you knew that because I'm I'm familiar with this guy just you know from my time at LSU because he was the number one linebacker coming out of high school. So obviously through recruiting and evaluating him, you know he's always been a guy that I've known of. Um, and it looks like you know just in high school, I hate to say that he got away with, but let's say he won because he was the superior athlete in high school, right? And then now on a college level, being placed on a field with other great athletes, that's when your processing skill has to kick in as far as playing the linebacker position. And for me, I would feel much more comfortable with this guy as an outside linebacker, maybe your weak side linebacker, um, you know, in a 4-3 scheme. And, you know, just trying to find a path to success for this guy because that's what we do, right? Um, the guy that I thought of 
um, who I like better in the box, but they had some similar deficiencies in this past draft was Christian Harris, right? Christian Harris was six foot and a half, 240 pounds, and he was better, you know, outside of the hashes, right? He was better from hash to sideline versus from hash to hash, right? Um, and, I, and I think Owen can be that type of football player, but for him to get drafted, you know, really high, well, I'm, I'm more than sure he he projects himself. I think he, he's going to be – he, he's going to have to be more of an attacking style defense also. He's going to have to blitz more, um, you know, get after the quarterback, line up in that A-gap, do a couple different things um, just as an inside linebacker because obviously him against the run, for me, um, is not exactly where I would want it to be. So, yeah, Keith, when I, I'm, I'm with you on, on Popo. One of the first things I wrote down with him, explosive athlete, sideline to sideline range, and – one phrase that we use when you talked about Christian Harris, we use this phrase about Christian Harris, he run and chase style linebacker, right? Like you said, yeah. that 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 has to sideline, simplify it for him, allow him to just free flow, chase the ball, contain outside. You can probably drop him into some hook zones and curl a flat zones because Oma Pepo is that type of athlete and he is that fluid in terms of his hips and his footwork. But man, you know, the the play recognition and processing definitely has to improve, right? We 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 saw how, what not testing did to a guy like Nicobe Dean, right? He's undersized, he didn't test, so we don't know exactly how explosive or athletic he is. But Owen Popo is another six foot, six foot, six foot one, two twenty five linebacker, and he has some processing issues. But he's the type of type of athlete we can see. He goes through the season. We get to the NFL draft process. He goes to the combine, runs 4-4, jumps 38 inches, and his tape may say second, third round, and his testing will bump him up for some teams to top of the second, maybe bottom of the first. And it's like, man, like it's just it's just a weird situation when you look at N'Kobe Dean and you see the instincts, you see the, the playmaking, you see the processing, you see all of these things. And then come draft season, it's like, well, he didn't test, so I don't think he's that good. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just such a weird situation. But that's kind of why I have some – that's kind of why I'm a little – I've taken a step back with Owen Popo. I love the athleticism. But, man, I need to see him play because I don't care how we all know. It don't matter how fast you are at what position. Your processing controls your speed. And if you can't process and diagnose and read, because you definitely want him at middle linebacker or too tight in the blocks to have to deconstruct blocks and stack and shed and all this type of stuff. No, you want to let him free flow. So it's a lot of different things that I'm looking forward to with him this year and, and that Auburn defense is pretty solid. They got some dudes over there that, I, that have caught my eye. Derek Hall, the edge rusher, you know, they, you know, especially they got my guy, you know, running back tank Bixby. So they're going to be competitive, you know, regardless of what goes on in the SEC. That's a team that you're going to have a battle with every Saturday um, when you face them. But Owen Popo is definitely kind of a polarizing name for that defense. Cause he could be, uh, he, he could be a first round late first. He could be a mid-second, late second. Just depends on how he develops his game. So, Keith, I'm looking forward to all of that this year because, like I said, the linebackers, they're so undervalued, man. People think, oh, we don't need them. You don't think you need them until you don't have one, man. So it's like yeah. <laughs> when these running backs are running these Texas routes and you don't have nobody to stick with them or cover that zone, then you like, man, I really wish we had an athletic linebacker, man. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Well, I wish I had a Roquan 
Smith or, you know, uh, Luke Keekley. Uh, you know, so I need somebody that can make plays in the middle of my defense, right? And, and you know, we, we see it with Seattle letting Bobby Wagner go because he's a little long in the tooth. I guess, but he still can do some of those same things. So the linebackers will always get love from us here at the Talent Factor Podcast. But man, yeah, Keith, you know, we talked about we, we talked about five different linebackers from you know different spots here. Uh, you know, SEC, ACC, Pac-12. Uh, you know, we weren't probably going to bring up any from the Big 12, but nonetheless, um, you know, it just is what it is for them. <laughs> but shout out to the Big 12, man. But, um, nah, they do have a linebacker. DeMarvin Overshone, that's one of my guys over at Texas. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. But, uh, you know, like I said, man, it's been a fun episode. Had a lot of fun talking. And not even just ranking, but just putting guys on the radar right now ahead of the season. Uh, Keith, is always, brother, it's always fun. Guys, We like we always tell you, please – Please, please continue to show us that love. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever podcasting, um, you know, app or system that you're using. We appreciate the support. Um, as always, I'm Damian Parson. That is Keith Sanchez. This is the Talent Factor Podcast. And I was about to say it for you, but Keith, what's the slogan, baby? Remember, baby, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.